Okay, guys, do it with me. Happy New Year, my sweet ass confidants. That is right. We are in 2021. New Year, same pandemic, same shit we're going through, but you know what? Sometimes consistency can be nice, especially when it pertains to your favorite podcast, Confidently Insecure. This is the podcast where we're absolutely sure we don't know everything, or as my father likes to call it, desperately insecure. That wasn't a joke. That's literally what he thought the podcast was named. Anyways, I'm your host, Kelsey Dara, and in true form, tried and true brand fashion, we are a little bit late posting this episode for the new year because, oh, how do I even start? There is a lot. There's a lot of reasons why things are a little bit late. I can't wait to dive into them, but first, I think we should all just do a little cleansing confidant breath will you do it with me in through the nose out through the mouth (sighs) come on wherever you are don't be ashamed no one's looking at you in through the nose out through the mouth That's what I want this kind of place to be this year. You have to bear with me a little bit to today because not only am I on my period, thank you, fucking Monday, but I'm also, uh, for the third time, trying to wean myself off gabapentin. Now, normally I do not like to talk about medication ever because I used to and I found that it... um, how do I say this? Like at first it was like, oh, I don't want people thinking that because of something that I'm on. And if I'm doing better, they go to their doctor and they want to try it because that's not like how brains work. But also there's a lot of controversy around some of these medications. And like gabapentin is kind of one of those blanketed controversial medications where it's like, oh, it was manufactured as an anti-seizure pill, but people found out that it really helped with mood stabilization. And not only that, but pain relieving. And not only that, but nerve pain relief. And I've got like all of that. And uh, so I've been on and off gabapentin for a pretty uh, long time in my life. And it's uh, one of those medications that when you are coming off of it, it gives you intense uh, withdrawal, I guess is the only way to say it. It's kind of like a side effect where you get these brain zaps. Anyone that's maybe been on something like a Lexapro might be familiar with like a brain zap um, moment. Uh, Sorry, I'm also trying to like log into our Instagram account so that I can like do my little, um, what did I ask? I was like, oh, email me your... Or, or like, tell me your um, New Year's resolutions and I'm going to like help you with them. Okay, so I've got that pulled up. Sorry. Anyway, so I'm going through brain zaps. Uh, my mind is all over the place. I've got a lot to talk to you guys about. I've got a lot to tell you. But I also just want to say like, happy New Year. Um, new Year means like nothing. I used to be one of those people that thought New Year's was like such a big, important holiday. And I would put so much pressure on myself to like come back to work and like start the year and implement all of these fucking um 
new fucking resolutions and shit and it never fucking worked and there's so much science behind like the marketing and fucking capitalism behind new year's trends with like diet and food and we are just not about that here okay so i am not gonna try and sell you on any fucking shit like that ever on this podcast number one except for therapy and my book probably (laughs) um but so okay let's start at the beginning why am i doing this episode a little bit late well As some of you may know, if you've been listening in the last couple of weeks, uh, I was on a cross-country road trip to go stay with my best friend Lacey, who is pregnant, up in the Catskills, and we took our RV. So we were able to like maintain social distance. I was very adamant about not being in an airport or on an airplane whatsoever. Um, that's just my uh, high-functioning anxiety. Hi. Uh, and we did that. We went, and it was amazing. And while we were in the Catskills, I was on Facebook Marketplace, and because of like my um, search history, you know how it aggregates shit that you were like, oh, I wasn't looking for that originally, but now I definitely need one. A ad popped up about someone who was selling their RV and I looked at it and I was like, excuse me, they're asking how much for that piece of shit? Jammy is a beautiful, renovated, buffered baby, strong base. She's thick. Okay. She's got a strong car base. And then I fucking redid the ever living shit out of her on the inside. Not to mention like she's just full of like good vibes and justice because we were using the van to shoot the documentary and just her shits and gigs. I told Jared, I was like, I just want to see if I post some pictures of Jimmy, like what people on the East coast would be willing to pay for it. Because uh, I, I was just like shocked at the prices that these things were um, being sold out. Not to mention, I've always been looking to either downsize or figure out something where I could park Jamie in LA because I'm paying a lot of money to park her um, somewhere because she's 22 feet and she doesn't fit in my parking garage. And that's like a big uh, financial burden on me. Anyway, posted pictures that I just had in my phone. I didn't even like go and take professional before and after pictures of her. I just posted what I had in my phone. And within half a day, I want to say like six hours, I had three people offering me full priced cash offers that wanted to come see it like that week. And I was like, oh, holy shit. This was not the plan at all. And it really, truly wasn't. Like Jared and I very much should have still been in jammy right now coming back to the West coast and doing the podcast in the van. And like, I brought all my equipment, all my stuff. And, you know, we have shot everything that we need to shoot for the documentary as far as like our part as documentary um, filmmakers. And the next step on that documentary for Soraya is to partner with the production company. Now they would then bring in like the big guns of, Um, more production resources we wouldn't have to like live in an RV to shoot what happens next so it was weighing heavily on my mind obviously I have this like very emotional connection to the car because she's like the justice chambery and I spent all summer on her not to mention I put an ass load of money into her of my own funds hoping you know that it made it comfortable enough to for a crew to live in and then you know hope maybe if we sold it we would be able to get some money back on that and reap the benefit of uh putting up the money up front that kind of thing that's just a risk you take as a filmmaker well I got a message from someone and I want to keep their identity private because they didn't know I was going to like talk about this but they gave us an offer that we just couldn't refuse in that she not only was willing to pay you know for the original price of the car 
But then she wanted to donate the rest of the funds that I had spent on making the documentary to cover my portion of like the financial burden. And they are just a very good person. They saw some of the videos and they need it for their own specific reasons. And it was exactly what they were looking for. And there was something about the like universe setting this up that just felt right. And she just felt right. And so we FaceTimed, we talked, we texted a bunch. And within three days, we met up with her and Jamie is now sold. And yeah, it's somebody else's now. And I totally cried. I uh, probably spent like over three hours with this person, like showing them the bells and whistles. Of course, like socially distanced. I was like, they were videotaping everything so that they could watch it back so that we didn't have to like get super close, yada, yada, yada. Um, and it was just one of those things where, of course, I wish I could keep Jamie, but it has cost so much money to keep her now that we're done shooting our footage that that's like really why we wanted to use her on the trip because we were like, oh, we could get a smaller like sprinter van, but fucking we would just be paying out the wazoo to keep her fucking stored somewhere. So that's the big news is Jamie was mine and she did her fucking job for six months. And now it is time to pass the torch. And uh, now we are in the process with the documentary for Soraya of what's called the pitch phase where we're taking it around to different companies. Uh, we're looking for like black owned, black led women executives in the process. Cause that's just like a piece of the documentary that we know we can't cover. Um, while also, trying to still capture everything that's been happening over the holidays with her because like I mentioned and this is a place that like you know I haven't said it publicly that Jeremy sold so confidants y'all are really getting some like uh from me today but there is so much happening behind the scenes with her that we cannot post about or tell people about because a we don't want to make things worse for her in there because the way that the system is treating her is a direct reflection of the social like justice movement for her and not in a good way. Um, the people are treating her differently. They're blaming us for all the attention and, you know, I can't get into it, but also that I have to remain as neutral as I can while still maintaining my position on the documentary without interfering too much with what's actually happening in the process. You know, like, her family and I talk literally every single day and I have to maintain a level of professionalism in the story that I've way, crossed way too far already like starting with the whole freaking thing like we're way too close you know what I mean um but I, that's what I wanted I wanted to show this from like a very real perspective I didn't want it to be like a news story I wanted to to be um Soraya's family's experience dealing with the juvenile system so all of that to say um we did end up flying back to Los Angeles yesterday at like two in the morning we got home that's why I'm a little bit late on this um things just like happened so I hope you guys kind of like forgive me for posting late but um flying was the last effing thing I wanted to do an ambulance drives by as I talk about this um it was 
one of those things where I was telling Jared, like, I don't even want to be around people who are flying actively during like the holidays and stuff. I think that's like absurd. Um, but we were kind of put in a position where I needed to come back here for work. Um, and we didn't have a car. So, uh, we flew, we did fly first class. That's not a flex. That's just for safety. It was easiest to like get on and off the plane without having to like be around a bunch of people. We had more space. We had more time. Um, the airport was like empty when we got there, but our flight was full. So that was like a very apocalyptic, weird experience. Um, and now that we've touched down in LA, we're obviously quarantining for like 10 days. Um, yeah, just because we're not assholes, but, um, you know, I had been tested, done PCR and rapid tests pre, uh, flying just to make sure. And, you know, we've been in the woods in a cabin for like the last three weeks with my best friend and her husband seeing literally no one but squirrels and like barely even squirrels. So, um, I I think we're fine, but, um, coming back to LA has been like a really big, like splash in the face, cold water of how bad it is here. And I don't think people realize um, that LA County is like the number one most dangerous place to be for COVID right now. Someone is dying every two seconds here because of COVID. Um, and I can't like really get into the statistics of that and like what that means without, you know, having an entire episode about that. But so all I'm going to say is wear your fucking mask. Don't be a dick travel unless you don't travel unless you absolutely have to. Um, I don't feel good about it. And here we are. Okay. Uh, moving along. Uh, so yeah, new year's, right? Like, what does this mean? I've sold the van. My roommate is currently moving out, which is why if you look at my background, it looks completely different on youtube.com slash Kelsey Dare, because we are, uh, also in the process of Jared and I taking over the lease completely. And, uh, with that means I get to build my dream office slash podcast room. That's right. I've been podcasting on my couch for the last, however long this podcast has been around. (laughs) And, uh, when the pandemic hit, I moved to like my little standing desk area, um, because no one was coming over to talk to me on my couch. But now that my roommate is moving out, I get to take over his bedroom and turn it into my dream office slash podcast room slash new business room, which I am so excited to tell you guys about. It has nothing to do with like this brand or us, but, um, when that is ready, I am excited to tell you all about it. Uh, so that's the, another thing added to the list is like, we came home and like everything was gone. We had boxes everywhere from Amazon deliveries that came while we were gone. Um, we had six bags that we had to take out of jammy of our stuff and ship home and check bags. And, oh God, it was just a mess. So I came home and I was like, okay, new year. Here we go. Fucking new office, fucking, um, um, documentary. Okay. We're in the next phase of that. Okay. Podcast needs to be somehow, um, manipulated and amplified to be like the 2021 version of it. And then I was like, wait a fucking second. I'm not even taking my own advice of like, New Year's is just another fucking day. There is no reason to put so much pressure on ourselves to change, not only in regular times, but especially in COVID times. If there's any resolution you want to make, it'd be like, wear your mask even more often. Stay inside even more if you can. Um, I'm currently in my sports bra and workout pants because I've been someone who during this phase has been... um, becoming very happily uh, in a relationship with 
body connection. Um, I'm finding it definitely through yoga and Pilates and everything I'm doing is online, uh, YouTube classes. And uh, I got a Pilates reformer for Christmas, but that is a very cheap one. Normally Pilates reformers are like $3,000. This one was on Amazon for $300. Uh, And, you know, I treated myself a little bit uh, for selling jammy and my mom pitched in and it was a great Christmas gift because that's been my favorite um, thing that I've done with physical therapy. And so uh, I am also being very cautious not to say like, Fuck New Year's uh, body trends because I also understand if you're someone that needs that like feeling of New Year, new me to build a habit. But just reminding you that a habit can be built and broken at literally any moment in time. Guess what? It's Monday, January 4th. If you have done absolutely nothing different from your life of last year, I fucking applaud you. If you're someone who's cut off all your hair and moved out of your apartment and you start walking upside down, I'm so thrilled for you too. Uh, But I just want us all to remember that if we are going to be talking about resolutions, I would love if we all took a moment to think about ways that we can resolute in our minds instead of doing something with our bodies, um, which is a little bit about what I'm going to talk about on this episode a little bit later. I'll come back to that. Um, But so I asked you guys on our Instagram, what are your New Year's resolutions? And I will anonymously talk about them on the pod. So let me just refresh our page here. Shout out to Autumn and Brooke who have been killing it on the Instagram. My goal this year because, you know, I have to set like quarter goals as a business owner is to hit 20,000 followers for, for Confidently Insecure on Instagram. So share it with your friend. We've got tons of giveaways coming up. Oh, my God. I got so much PR makeup for the holidays. When I came home, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ was born on this day. Merry Christmas. OK, let's see. Um <clears throat> Okay, our first response is someone wrote that they want to do yoga every morning. Wow, how full circle. Um, Okay, let's talk about it for a second. I think uh, dedicating yourself to doing something every day can be a little hazardous because if we don't do it, we hate ourselves, right? Um, So I would amend this one. I would suggest to amend this one to being doing yoga when my body needs to be honored because that's how I've fallen in love with it in the last, you know, however long quarantine's been, is that PT gave me something to move my body for, physical therapy. And uh, I think without it, I'd be in a much more terrible, awful, chronic pained place. Um, And that's how I look at it, is I'm not looking at it as an exercise to lose weight, to like be in shape even. I'm just looking at it to honor my body. My knee is like crying out for help. My jaw is constantly crying out for help. My nerves are like crying out for help. Um, And I just take those moments every day to honor my body. So that's what I would amend that one. Not that anyone even fucking asked for this segment. (laughs) You're just getting it. Um, Ooh, I like this one. This person said they want to meditate and not to let anyone persuade them away from what I want. Yes. That seems like such a uh, simple statement yet to put into practice is like one of the hardest fucking things. I'm talking about both meditating and uh, not listening to the haters, if you will. Um Maybe it's a little bit imposter syndrome-y, dissolving, if you will. Uh, Meditation, hard as fuck. I write about it in the book, which, (laughs) you know, 
If you think I wasn't going to talk about the book today, come on. We'll get there. But um, give yourself a little space to get used to meditating, especially if you're someone that has never done it. I am am so anti-meditating, even though I do it and love it. I'm still so anti it because it's so fucking hard and so... It's just, it's, you know, been gentrified and Lululemon and all of that as someone who now wears Lululemons. Um, even though a year and a half ago, I literally had an episode called Fuck Lululemon. Uh, I do think it's one of those things that you have to do what works for you. If meditating means sitting down in like a cross-legged position and, you know, staring at nothing and thinking about nothing, go off. If it means watching a movie and masturbating, that's meditative. If that means cooking, uh, great. Um, if that's therapy, great. Um, I think the one positive thing about getting into a routine is that it holds yourself accountable. It's basically you showing up for yourself, right? Because sometimes I'll be like, oh, why did I sleep in? Why didn't I get up? And I feel bad. And I'm like, why do I feel bad? It's like, oh yeah, because I count on myself the most, right? Like I am my biggest investment ever. I rely on myself literally every day to function. So when I don't do it, it feels like I've been like burned a little bit by like my employer. Um, so I will say that is one positive thing about setting a routine to something. It's like, it shows you that you can show up for yourself. Like you have accountability for yourself, which is so much fucking harder than showing up for a regular nine to five. Um, as far as the not letting anyone persuade them from what they want. I love that. I have been into, um, mantras lately another thing I read about in the book uh positive affirmations I think are a little silly but super magical over new year's oh gosh I hope they don't get mad at me for saying this uh it was the winter solstice and when we were in the Catskills myself my partner my best friend Lacey and her partner we all decided during the solstice that that was going to be the time where you know the stars were the strongest and we were going to set our intentions for 2021 and we all ended up like starting like just talking about it and then we all were like we should each make a list and then we went from making a list to like shouting them at each other and like dancing and we got pots and pans and we were like banging them against the wall like I release (laughs) self-doubt like we're in the middle of the woods no one can fucking hear us so who cares but um uh that was really fun I like highly highly suggest doing that with whoever's in your quarantine crew for sure um okay let's see Ooh, this one's tough this person said drink less alcohol and caffeine and they also said exercise more but we've already talked about that (sighs) drinking less alcohol and caffeine you guys already know what I'm gonna say getting sober was the best thing I've ever done in my entire fucking life, even though I still think, you know, drinking is super fun and a choice and like, like, yay, I have no judgments against that. But I can truly say the longer you stay sober, the better you will feel, period. And I say that very confidently. (laughs) Um, Drinking less caffeine, that's an interesting one because I have battled since quitting alcohol with my little caffeine. Yeah, I got my Starbucks right here. I'm going to take a sip. Mm. Mm. I've got an oat milk blonde latte today, uh, sugar-free. Um, caffeine is one of those things where I have started to look forward to it. It's like a little bit of a reason why I pop out of bed in the morning. I'm like, ooh, a nice like toasty coffee sounds really good. But learning yourself and your body to know 
when it's a problem, like when you're stepping into like, ooh, I'm doing a little bit like codependent behavior on a liquid beverage and chemical compound, that's power. <laughs> like knowing that you're even drinking too much caffeine or alcohol is powerful. And like, that's amazing that you know yourself enough. Um, and with that power comes responsibility, right? Like we talk about holding ourselves accountable. It's like, yeah, self-care isn't always the bubble bath and like Spotify playlist. It is kind of the hard work. It is being uncomfortable. It is doing those things where you're kind of like, I know that I shouldn't have that extra coffee. I'll feel better for four more hours, but I'm not going to feel good later. Um, so I've uh, implemented no caffeine past 2 p.m. for myself. Um, and I definitely try to limit it down to no more than three. I mean, my average is probably two. I've only had one so far, but it is Vente. Don't come for me. Um, la, la, ooh, this is a good one. I like this one. This person says their New Year's resolution is to be less of an asshole and practice compassion towards others. Ooh, a deep breath for that one because I feel that hard. I think something I've always said about myself is that I know I am a bitch, but I don't know that the public ever really thinks I'm that bad. You know, like some people you look at on the internet and you're like, oh, they are a cunt. <laughs> but I don't know that like I give off that vibe publicly, but like internally, I definitely know that I'm an asshole and practicing compassion towards others, especially into those that aren't like me that I tend to judge easily is something that I can definitely pr practice, you know, like I'm able to recognize when I have privilege over someone's uh, position and, you know, I, my heart is so empathetic to that. It's when people who are more privileged than I am and are unlike my views or feelings that I get like really judgy towards. And that's like liberalism, right? Like that's a little bit about like the, the complaints about like millennials who are um, on the left. It's like, oh, uh, you say, you know, you want everyone to be treated the same, but then you treat like Republicans, like they're monsters. And I'm like, ooh, guilty. So I'm definitely learning how to practice empathy as well. Um, that's a really good one. Again, I think it's because it's not so external. It's not like a physical thing. It's a self-practice. And um, something that Jared got for me, well, he didn't mean to get it from me. He actually got it for himself. And then he was like, you need this. This is yours now is, um, called the daily stoic journal. Um, I actually haven't read the book, the daily stoic, but they have a journal that prompts questions every day for you. And I used to be someone that was just like a freehand journal writer. I would just dump my thoughts every day and like look back on them. It was really fun to read, but I'm changing on my journaling this year in that, these prompts uh, are from Stoics and philosophers that give a little more depth into what I'm writing about. Like, for instance, day one, January 1st, was about um, things I can and cannot control. And this is a great New Year's resolution to talk about that because you cannot control how someone speaks to you or the way that they act or their public um, mischief or, you know, whatever. What you can control is your reaction to it, which is so hard to do. 
Y'all, I am guilty AF at this one. First thought's the worst thought. What matters is your second thought because I am learning that my first thought is always like, how can I say something that will benefit me rather than living in a little bit of uncomfortability or like confrontation for a moment? Um, and so I'm just learning to like breathe a little bit more in, in tough conversations like that, like give a little bit more space and giving space. What that really means is giving space to others means truly just showing up to listen and not judge. You know, I think we think of like, I'm going to hold space for you for this conversation. And then it's just me like dumping advice on them, much like this podcast. Um, And that's not giving space. Giving space is like letting the other person control what they do with your time and um, uh, soul (laughs) for a moment. So only give space and offer space for others if that's something you like really feel like you can do. It's hard for me, y'all. It's very hard for me for someone to talk to me about something and me not be like, oh, you're being a dumb hoe. You're being a super dumb hoe. Um, although I will say I've been very proud of my friends during quarantine. I think dating less has helped my friends recognize, um, important things in their life. And they're not even like giving space and time to those that can't, uh, show up fully (laughs) for them. Um, okay. So you guys have given amazing resolutions. Holy shit. You guys fucking left a lot. Um, this is great. I'm going to just read off a few because I think you guys are just my favorite people in the world. Um, to actively love myself despite my flaws and be more positive every day, build my booty back up after losing 30 pounds, save money, start therapy again. Yes. Use better help, <laughs> putting less expectations on myself and my loved ones to look to only look forward and do what I can in the moment, figure out how to manage and treat my PCOS. It's been a difficult diagnosis since last year. Yes. Um, unsubscribing from email lists from companies I don't buy from anyone more. Wow. Relatable. Um, cooking more vegan, healthier meal meals and taking better care of myself, being on my phone less, uh, get a new therapist, go to therapy. Wow. A lot of you are doing therapy this year. Ugh. Well, then I can't think of like a better time to really quickly throw it to an ad. We'll be right back. Now, I know what you're thinking, Kelsey. When did you become obsessed with cowboy boots? Well, did you forget that I was raised in Florida? Are you forgetting I'm a little country girl by heart? I even wore my Tacovas recently when I went on a ski trip with my family to Colorado. I wore my white Tacovas when I went to the Taylor Swift concert. And if you didn't think you would need cowboy boots anytime soon, uh, might I remind you that Beyonce just dropped her little country album and you're going to need some Tacovas. Tacovas is my favorite boot brand and they're bringing a fresh perspective to hair boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. And Tacova's is Western to their core, offering a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples, trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it, and they'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to one of their stores, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. 
confidants, sober girlies. Are you looking to cut back or cut out alcohol this year? Come on, join me and Zach on our sober journeys. Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. We've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like a lime margarita and a grapefruit paloma, so you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. That's right. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash Kelsey. Each can is lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like so many stress balancing adaptogens made with real fruit and only 25 calories or less. It's a guilt-free way to unwind. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make recess mocktails your drink between drinks or like me, your forever mocktail. I am so obsessed with the ginger lime mule and also the grapefruit paloma for spring. It's my favorite go-to weekend drink. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash Kelsey so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Oh gosh, it's New Year's, New Year, 2021. We are completely tossing away 2020. Although I will say I was able to use that time in 2020 for a lot of self-reflection, a lot of self-growth with the one, the only, y'all call me on you know what I'm talking about, with better help. Better help is an online, totally convenient, licensed therapist chat video phone app that I've got on my phone. I've got it on my computer and I have been using it for quite some time now. They are my favorite partner. I have no problem saying that because I do my weekly therapy with better help. And the best part is I want y'all to be living your happiest lives. Don't y'all, can't y'all tell I'm living my happiest life? I feel the best I've ever felt. I have my weekly couples counseling, got my weekly individual therapy, and you are going to get matched with a professional counselor, which you can send a message to literally at any time, middle of the night, 3 a.m., noon, lunch, right before dinner. The service is available for clients worldwide wide and you can schedule weekly video phone or chat sessions with your own therapist they are licensed professionals who deal with all sorts of things help you managing depression stress uh, anxiety relationships sleeping trauma anger family conflicts lgbt issues grief and self-esteem it's the new year come on let's feel better let's feel better help remember anything you shall share shell shell out and share on better help is convenient professional and affordable. Okay. And I want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you're going to get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash CI. Join over 1 million of us that are taking charge of our mental health this year. Again, that is betterhelp.com slash CI. Hey, coffee dance. I want to talk to you about something a little sexy. Okay. I want to talk about what is touching your butt. Are you breathing comfortably in your underwear? MeUndies uses not only sustainable, breathable, soft-as-heck fabric, but they also give you endless styles to chew from. Chew from? Don't chew your underwear. Or do. Whatever. Whatever's in your personal time. It's not my business. Uh, it's total comfort inside and out. When I got offered this deal with MeUndies, I stood up in my chair, screamed, and then pulled my own underwear 
out of the side of my jeans to show my managers that I was actually wearing me undies in that moment. It is my favorite comfortable underwear because if you're noticing your underwear during the day and it doesn't feel good, you should be looking at getting something comfy like you're sitting on a cloud all day and MeUndies has ridiculously cute prints all sizes from extra small to 4XL honey we love some inclusivity and MeUndies believes you and your butt deserve comfort inside and out which is why they created the MeUndies membership it's really just a great way to love on yourself and each month you'll replenish your basics with styles that are anything but basic styles that let you be the truest version of yourself right down to your Core. Hmm. Plus, enjoy discounted pricing, controlled shipping, and exclusive early access. Love your butt and get the membership. And MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. Coffee Dons, for any first time purchasers, you're going to get 15% off and <coughs> free shipping. Hello. We love when we get free stuff here. And they also have their problem free, problem free philosophy, just like Lion King. If you're not satisfied with any products, they will refund it or exchange it. No caveats, no questions. To get your 15% off your first order and free shipping, go to meundies.com slash confidently. That's meundies.com slash confidently. Oh, wow. Trying to get that coin to keep this podcast going this year. We love that. Um, Okay, so duh, obviously I have to talk about the book being out. Are you ready? Here it is. Don't fucking panic. Excuse me. The shit they don't tell you about in therapy. Uh, The shit they don't tell you in therapy about anxiety disorder. Panic attacks and depression. You'd think I know how to say they cover my own book. Um, I posted a TikTok and an Instagram of me seeing it for the first time. I thought it came out better than I could have ever imagined. Um, I literally got to see it for the first time the same day that it came out, which is crazy because normally, you know, they send authors galley versions and stuff to look at. But because the pandemic shipping's been a bitch, so they just sent me the final version. They're like, here's your book. And I was like, okay, here it is. Um, And I just am purely obsessed. You can see little tabs that I've marked off for either things that I would have changed or added or like I think there's even a typo somewhere one girl oh my god I gotta shout her out got a copy and her entire book was printed upside down <laughs> and she sent it to me and she was like at first I thought you were just being clever like this was gonna be some sort of mental health thing but then I realized no this is wrong and I was like oh my god it's so wrong holy shit so we sent a note to the printer and they were like what the fuck and so we got that all sorted out um the release and the launch was amazing such a cool fucking day All of you that bought it have my full ass heart and it is taking everything in me not to repost every single fucking picture of you guys holding this because like the fact that this is real and exists and I'm holding it in my hands and she is thick, you guys. She is not a tiny book. And knowing that every single page of this has to do with mental health from my fucking brain uh-huh. like I still can't believe it um anyways so the sales were amazing I'll tell you we've sold I think over 600 in the launch which is beyond me um we had pre-sale numbers obviously uh I'll just be like frank with you guys because uh, I don't hide 
I'm open booking, no pun intended in case anyone ever wants to write a book. Presale numbers matter deeply uh, for the New York Times bestseller list. I think they say if you get 5,000, you're like guaranteed to be on it. If you get 5,000 sales, uh, which is a lot. Um, I think we got 350 to 500 pre-sales. And then since the launch, we've had 600. So I know we've sold over a thousand books so far, which is truly insane. Um, again, I, I cannot believe it. And I'm, I'm starting to get feedback, which is really cool of people being like, Oh my God, this me, I thought I was the only person in the world who thought this way. And that's, been the most rewarding. I think I wasn't preparing. I didn't think about the feeling I was going to have when people started reading it, which I know is very weird. There's so much in the process of making a book that the last thing you think about is like someone taking in the words with their eyeballs and having a feeling and then telling you about it, which is wild. Um, so like the day it came out, there was a moment where we were in the Catskills and I was looking at my, my friend and I was like, oh wait, I have not prepared emotionally for like people to give me feedback <laughs> and he was like yeah dude that's kind of like the whole point and I was like oh no oh fuck oh shit okay um but luckily it has been amazing you guys have been you know sending me photos of you doing it telling me how you got it um complaining that you haven't gotten it yet because of the shipping is so slow but I am so so grateful like this is the only reason why I wrote this was for this moment um and moments I should say is like now from now and on that's why I wrote this is like for other people to experience it so ah like tell me how you like it please um it is for sale internationally I have to mention that like thought catalog my publisher is a smaller publisher they they print in-house and everything so if you bought from thought catalog you will get this book exactly how it is if you're buying on Amazon uh, in the U.S., you will get it exactly how Thought Catalog sells it. But if you if you are buying it internationally from Amazon, they do what's called print on demand, which means like it is more cost effective for them to let Amazon print them and send them to you in a different country. So I actually don't really know what the difference is. It might be like the size or the texture or the color or the gloss. Like I have no clue. But it's the same book just printed differently, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, there is an e-reader version available for your Kindle uh, and iPad. I love the fact that I can open it on my iPad and actually write in it there because A, then I'm, I can always reuse the pages whenever I want. Oh my God, my cat is meowing like crazy. You two get along. <sighs> um, and then also uh, e-reader, obviously, you don't have to like carry a book around, but um, people have been asking about an audiobook version. Huh, y'all, same. I've been asking nonstop. Uh, it is in a different company's hands. It's like in an audio. Okay, whatever. I'll just say it. it's in Apple's hands. So my publisher goes to Apple and is like, hey, we want to put out the audio book version of this on iTunes. Like, can you please set that up? And then now it's in their hands for like a contract and shit. So I have no idea what the status of that is. I would rather just like sit here and read the entire book myself, but apparently it might not be that good if that's how it goes. <laughs> Recording an audiobook is an entire fucking process. So, um, yeah, I will keep you guys obviously updated on when the audiobook version is coming out. Uh, the Kindle slash iPad e-reader version is $9.99, which I think is like really, really amazingly cost effective. And the actual book version, which I think is such a beautiful 
coffee table book too is $17.99. So there you go. That's the book update. Um, Before we go, I did want to read a little section of it. Not only just for like, duh, because this is a little bit about the book, but it's also about kind of what we've been talking about this whole time, which is um, thinking too much. You know, the new year is here. Um, I can't stop thinking about things. I can't stop thinking about business stuff. I can't stop thinking about personal life. I can't stop thinking about how I want the podcast to look this year. Um, The new year brings this new wave of thinking and sometimes it's not always positive. And so I wanted to just read a chapter out of the book that I think possibly might help some of us get through kind of this anxious first week. Oh my God, my cats are like fighting in the background. Can you guys see that? Hey, you two, no, lay out. Hey, see, all I have to do is make a lot of noise and then they stop. I just scoot in my chair. Okay. (laughs) Um, This chapter is coming from the rumination chapter, which is in the anxiety section. Um, And there are going to be questions that I ask throughout. So if you have a moment, get yourself a piece of a papel and a pen, and you can actually do these exercises with us as we go along. And like, you can pause it and write out your answers. Yay. Okay. Are you ready? Confidants? This is crazy. Let's do this. Rumination. Hold on. Let me overthink this. You like to think a lot. Good for you. She's a thinker. Thinking equals curious, equals growing, equals learning, equals optimizing self, right? Yes. Well, let me think about that for a second. This is true unless you are someone with an anxiety disorder and tend to get stuck on the whole thinking thing. Unhealthy and disruptive thinking associated with anxiety is called rumination. People that ruminate or mentally replay events, conversations, or thoughts that they have happened in the past or things that might happen in the future border a fun line between striving for higher cognition and also thinking themselves in an intensive worry spiral. From our previous example, this is in a previous chapter, ruminating over whether I turned my hair straightener off before I left the house for work can easily spiral into deep thinking, worry, and self-criticism and fast. I cycle through thinking and thinking, which quickly turns into beating myself up. Did my dumbass turn off the hair straightener before leaving? And slips off the slippery slope into, I am such a fucking thoughtless idiot. How could I have done that? I don't pay enough attention. If the house burns down, it's my fault. The internal monologue, inner self-talk, the voice in your head, of a person with anxiety disorder can be heavily tied to your feeling of self-worth and overall sense of self. Some research some research some research has shown that negative self-talk can lead to exacerbating feelings of depression. If left unchecked, this could be quite damaging. People who ruminate high us also tend to be people of creation and creativity, but have a hard time putting those thoughts into physical action. It could tend to feel like you are a professional procrastinator instead of realizing that you're simply overthinking more than the average person. It's important to note that you are still very capable of completing tasks while having the never-ending notification that is your rumination. A helpful trick in managing rumination is giving your inner voice a name. They're the problem, not you. When you catch your critic acting up, you can blame it on them. For instance, my inner voice is named 
Riley. Riley is wily and chaotic, 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 and reminds me a lot of a Tasmanian devil. She's kind of a hot mess. So when I find myself overthinking, I know it's just Riley acting up, being a thoughty little buzzing fly in my head, focusing on the negatives. I have to talk to her gently and tell her to go take a nap. Another way that Riley ruminates is with completely useless thoughts. For example, I'll just be chilling in my garden, watering the grass, and then for some unknown reason to conscious Kelsey, my brain will start to have a convo with Chrissy Teigen in my head, practicing over and over all the things I'd like to say to her if we were ever to meet. I wouldn't even notice my brain doing this until I find myself talking out loud to myself Wow, Chrissy, I also love four weddings on TLC and always think those girls who rate a seven are totally copping out of just going out and saying they didn't like the wedding. Seven is a soft rating. Seven is a bitch rating. It's like having a pigeon, a pigeon, have an opinion, you know, did you love or hate the buffet? And then I will say all of that about 10 to 12 times over and over, sometimes out loud, then back in my head in varying tones, practicing the conversation before I realize that my brain has convinced me to have a rehearsal with myself about a fake conversation I'm having with a celebrity that I will 100,000% never happen. This loud ass ruminating quick voice is called inner speech. Inner speech moves 10 times faster in our heads than the time it would take for us to use our mouths to say it. Inner speech is a bit different from thinking in that it feels more like conversation than a random thought process. I like to think my brain is producing this completely useless conversation with Chrissy Teigen as a way of entertaining itself, but it can start to feel a bit exhausting. The best way to break this chain of thought is with mindfulness, which we will learn about more in the coming chapters. I experience rumination mostly with creative work. Each week, I host a podcast. Go listen, Confidently and Secure, the podcast where we're absolutely sure we don't know everything. Shout out to my confidants and self-produce the whole damn thing, which I'm pretty proud of. But every week after we release the episode on Monday morning, I have about 30 minutes of feeling content and accomplished in my brain. And then it's time to start thinking about the next episode. And sure, I could block shoot them, but they won't feel relevant to the week's news. So for the next six days, 23 hours and 30 minutes, my brain is cycling in the thought of what next episode will be. Who will I ask to guest? What will the listener think? Are there any fun giveaway we can do? What about all the social media posts? Are we gaining listeners? Can we read an ad this week to pay for the whole operation? Will this week's topic last 45 minutes or run into an hour and a half territory? I could go on, but I'll stop with the inside baseball jargon. These thoughts aren't classified as intrusive since there are no negative emotions attached, but boy, are they constant, making it more annoying than anything. Before I fall asleep, I'm thinking of topic, ideas, picturing the episode, randomly imagining Chrissy Teigen as a guest. It's like a fly I can never swat away. I won't feel that relief until the podcast audio file goes live on the airwaves. But why? Those smart, sciencey people say it can be narrowed down to three basic reasons as to why we ruminate. Number one, the brain wants to repair. My brain is ruminating, trying to gain insight into a problem to fix it. I will be very prepared if I ever run into the problem of not having anything to talk about with Chrissy Teigen. Number two, there is unresolved emotion or physical trauma getting recognition. Number three, stress. There are a couple of tricks to try once you've noticed you're ruminating to calm down that rapid cycle before it takes you into an endless trip into a black hole brain blender of high anxiety. Number one, distract yourself. Yep, 
That's simple. Go do something else. Write, draw, tap your foot, really anything to tell your brain, aha, I've seen what you're doing. Now look over here at this instead. Number two, take action. In the case about ruminating over my podcast, I could physically take action, whether that be writing an outline to get my thoughts and worries out, calling a friend to brainstorm, or just doing the dang podcast. Number three, meditate. Don't worry, this book is not going to be filled with meditation as an answer for everything. But in this specific case of thought repetition, meditation can actually help break the cycle. More in the meditation and mindfulness chapter ahead. Another tip is to watch how often you are shooting yourself in a negative or self-critiquing way. Telling yourself that you should or should not be a certain way of thinking can become discrediting or too demanding on the psyche. You are you, a special miracle. Even if mental illness, bullies, society tries to tell us we are not enough. Try to have a rumination conversation in your head without using the word should or shouldn't. Some examples of self-critiquing rumination are recounting that email you sent to your boss over and over again in your head, imagining your boss thinking you're incompetent based on how you space your paragraphs, thinking about that last text you sent to the crush, wondering if you're even good enough for them and how they're going to judge you based on which emoji you use, obsessing about how you should be do more. (laughs) Let me say that sentence again. Obsessing about how you should be doing more of insert thing you don't think you're doing enough of. It's helpful to write out these scenarios you ruminate on, not to try to fix them, but simply to notice that you're doing it. You got your paper and pen? Y'all ready? Okay. What do you notice that you ruminate about? Take a second here. I'll give you a second to think about it. Do you find yourself should or shouldn't-ing yourself in this scenario? And if you do, how? How do you do it? How do you say it? Is it possible that you are being too self-critical about this situation? If yes, how so? Do you feel self-compassion in this scenario could be more useful? How? That's a big one. Can you give your rumination a name and a personality? What do they look like? How do they rep- represent How do they present themselves to you when they are acting up? I've always been a nervous person, and I blame it on a mixture of my exploding personality and scattered hormones. My parents might tell you it's because I'm the most dramatic person they've ever met, but I like to think I'm just very expressive. Friends at work like to say that I have a face for thumbnails, aka I'm so hammy with my facial expressions that they make for eye-catching video thumbnails. But back to me being nervous. There are good nerves and bad nerves. Good nerves come to me right before a big shoot, like when I'm about to improvise. I just realized I'm reading the next chapter. I'm sorry. That was the end of the rumination chapter. <laughs> I just was like, nah, I guess I'll keep going. My, my, the sound of my own voice is so nice. Okay, so that was from the book, you guys. Let me know what you thought. Sound off in the comments below. I am so excited for this year of Confidently Insecure. I've already got guests lined up from BDSM workers, CEO of small businesses to million dollar businesses, black psychologists. We're focusing more on mental health always. Um, And of course, I want to get more friends on. I know it's a little bit hard with the pandemic, obviously, because we can't do it in person. But I've really appreciated those who have listened, um, despite not having a regular routine despite not being in your car with your speakers in the morning listening to your podcast um I am so grateful that I even have this platform to do this with you guys and like truly the only reason why I keep doing this is because of you guys and your feedback and uh your comments and your 
Instagram follows and your DMs that I see after and sharing this with a friend. And uh, each week I hope to keep building, um, making it better than the last, you know, um, in a way that is meaningful to you guys. Um, so if you have suggestions about what else you want to hear about this year, please let me know. The email is always open for reading confidently and secure podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us at confidently pod on both Twitter and Instagram. There are giveaways galore happening. Um, and I will see you guys next week. Happy new year. Love you. Call me dolls.